Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know why I let the Rays do it to me, but when I saw that, it just bothered me, man. 877-337-6666. Hey, it's 3 o'clock. Two hours left. McMonagle here with you on the fan. 877-337-6666. Marco mentioned it. Uh, Fox back for the Rangers. And a come-from-behind win against the um, Red Wings. Good to have him back after a miserable loss where they lost 5-1 to Buffalo. They bounce back, get a win. I guess... um, a lot more people we've been talking about that. I heard everyone have their opinion. I know Sal went in on it. Gio went on it. I talked a little bit yesterday about the uh, tournament, the in the play in the in game in season tournament on the NBA. It's just like still, it just it does bother me a little bit. Like because again, I have to look at the grouping. I, I don't know. I don't know who's in Group A, who's in Group B. I know they play on Tuesday. I don't care. And I'm getting some flack on it from Twitter. That's why I mentioned it. Like, if you're a young NBA fan, right? And I and I understand the thought process of the idea of it bringing some attention on a Tuesday. Like, I, I, I guess, like, do you think, like, right now, right? We're going to head into Thursday night football later tonight. Do you think it compares anything? Like, anyone inside, it's it's somehow going to take any sort of attention away from anything going on inside the NFL or anything else. Like, they're just more games. It's just other games. Like, I don't understand it. And no one's followed it at all. No one I talk to knows who they're competing against other than it was told they're playing the Bucks on Tuesday for a Knicks fans. Like, nobody cares at all. Nobody knew point differential was the, was the, was the tiebreaker until it was time to that last game and you saw the way teams were handling it. Like, it, no one cares. No one cares how it's worked. No, I, I don't think I was. I saw Adam Shine going on about it, how he thinks it's brought, he doesn't care who wins, but it's brought some juice. What juice? How can you, I don't think, I, those two things are diametri- diametrically opposed, are they not? Like, how can you say there's juice, but I don't care who wins? Like, I don't, like, I don't understand. What's the juice then? The players have juice? I mean, I guess you say, like, I mentioned the World Baseball Classic. These guys aren't playing like it's the World Baseball Classic. You really felt those guys desperately wanted to win these games. Yes, you know, the the Celtics pulled some funny business trying to run the score up. You know, the, the Knicks were still trying to run the score up late in the game. But it's not the – I mean, come on. There's really no juice. I mean, extra added juice. We'll see what happens in, in these the, the actual tournament games. But I, I could care less. I can't imagine – Hit me up, 877-337-6666. We glossed over it briefly on a three-hour show yesterday. I'd love to hear from Nick fans who really tell me they're excited about the prospect of playing the Bucks in this tournament on Tuesday. 877-337-6666. But today was the first day where it really felt like a little bit of baseball season. Luis Severino is a New York Met. He signs a one-year, $13 million deal with the New York Mets uh, I, I think it's a tremendous move for the for the Mets. It's a it's one of those where they obviously need pitching depth. 
They need to fill out this rotation. It's not any if it's the pitching move, yeah, it's a disaster. No one expects it to be the pitching move. It's one pitching move. It just happens to be the first. And I understand he's a former Yankee, and so some Met fans might not like that. He was awful last year. A lot of Met fans probably won't like that. And he's injured all the time. And that's really the main concern for me. The $13 million is is chump. It's a weekend in Vegas for Steve Cohen. It's no big deal. It really isn't. And that's what I like about it. And that's when, when you have the money like this, these are the guys you take it. You take a, like, I understand the thought process of give me innings. That's fair. I get it. You want guys, they can still go out and get guys who are more guaranteed to give innings than what Severino's been proven over the last handful of years. But, like, you can't, I don't know if you can find another guy in baseball for $13 million who has the promise that Severino has, that has the ceiling that Severino has. Severino is an ace. Severino has been an ace pitcher. Now, for this team, I don't know if he'll be the ace, even at his best. Hopefully not for Met fans. You're assuming Yamamoto is going to be here. But he will be if he if he reverts back to form. Now, I don't know if he can stay healthy, but I, I don't believe the 7 ERA of last year or the 6, whatever, the close to 7 ERA of last year. I think last year was a fluke. He has been a solid to excellent pitcher every time he's taken the mound. And as a Yankee fan, I've seen every single time he's taken the mound. He's a good, solid pitcher. His stuff was still there last year. He was throwing 97-98. He hung some sliders in the wrong time, and there's some thoughts that he was tipping some pitches, but he was not good last year. He's 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 much closer stuff-wise, everything-wise watching him. He's much closer to what he was than what he was what he previously was than what he was most recently last year. I firmly believe that. It's a matter of staying healthy. That is a concern. The guy always finds a reason to be off the field. Always. So I don't think you can count on him for a 200-inning season, especially the idea, even if he was healthy, the amount of innings he's thrown over the last handful of years to just bump him up to 200 innings or so. I mean, you probably could. You don't care. It's a one-year deal. But would he be effective at the end of the season when you're really looking for him to be effective? But for me, you just bought a $13 million pitcher who could be the best third starter in all of baseball. Like, And that's the benefit of Steve Cohen. You throw three, $13 million on a flyer, and if you hit, it's worth twice that. And if you miss, you throw it in the gut, you crumple it up, you get rid of it. No big deal. You pay him his money, you send him on his way, who cares? You go out and find the next guy you're willing to pay. And they're going to have to bring in more of flyers or more guys who are a little bit more of a, a stable inning eater. But they're right now focused on Yamamoto. Like, we all know that. And they're going to offer him the biggest amount of money. So if you add Yamamoto, you add Severino, you get maybe one more pitcher who's you know an innings eater. Now you've got a rotation to go with uh, Quintana and Sanga. But this is just the first move. And the idea that it is this type of flyer where you're not concerned about innings and you're not trying to make sure you get somebody like a Gibson or a Lance, uh, a Lance, um, Lance Lynn who went to... St. Louis. It's not one of those where it's like, hey, let's just make sure we get someone we can count on. No, they just took a flyer. This is a nothing. This is they know more is coming. I like it for the Mets. I really do. I like it for the Mets. And for the Yankees, it's Juan Soto time, baby. More rumors that they've gotten to the point where they're uh, exchanging names, the Yankees and and Padres. Uh, It sounds like maybe those names have started with Volpe and Dominguez. I don't think it goes there, but 
I certainly don't think it goes with Volpe, but Dominguez, it's hard to say no to Juan Soto. To me, he's the guy. It's it's I want I know there's been some thought about this could be a big time Yankee spending spree like we saw in 09 and like we saw in 14. I don't know about that. There are three names there, Yamamoto, Soto, and um Bellinger. For me, it's Soto. I, I'll I'll be fine if it's just Soto of those three. I mean, I won't be fine, fine. They'll have to do more. They'll have to get another starting pitcher or do something. But to me, that's the guy. I need him in the middle of this lineup in the worst way. Gottfried and Lodi. What's up, Gottfried? Hey, Mac. How you doing, pal? What's going on, bud? I'm doing well, man. How are you? No, man, please. If I had your hands, I'd cut mine off, bro. (laughs) All right. I've never heard that expression before. If I had your hands, I'd cut mine off. There you hmm. go, man. That means you have the better hand, my brother. I, I get, oh, oh, if okay, I got you. And like a poker <laughs> sense of the word. Exactly, okay. exactly, okay. exactly. So, riddle me this. Okay, let's sure. say Soto. Yes. Right, what did um, our MVP at Yankee Stadium, what, what did he sign for? Nine years, how much? Judge? Yes. Nine, 360, right? Nine, 360. 360. So, question. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. I like alternate between the Mets and the Yanks. I know that's a taboo. Um, but right. you're going to bring Soto in and you're going to pay him more than Judge? Uh, overall, maybe, yeah. Maybe not annually, yeah. though. The, now, does Judge have, have an opt out in his contract? I don't believe so. I'm not positive. I don't believe so, no. Because Judge, he's the foundation of of, of Yankeeville. Yeah, and he's the captain. Bring this guy in, and, and I mean, has uh, Soto won an MVP yet when he was with the, with the DC? Um, no, I don't think he won an MVP. I'm not sure if he won a World Series MVP that year. I don't think so. But uh, so I'm he was, a, he was incredible in that World Series, though. So right Shostra now, it's like you, right. you're right. So we're looking at Soto, a la kind of like a, a high end prospect. On, on the projection of what we think he can do. No, 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 no. Now you, you've said some things that have been fair, and now you're saying things unfair. No, no, no. He's not a prospect on what we think he can do. He's been since 2009, since he came into the league in 2018, he's had an OPS of 923, 949-1.189, 9.99, 8.53, 9.30. He is a superstar okay. stud. He has led the okay, league. So He's got more. I just went to his his uh, Wikipedia his uh, baseball reference page. He's got black bowl type all over it. He's led the okay, league. So the- He's won a batting title. He's led the league in OPS, OPS plus. He's led the league in walks three times. No, he is a stud player. Okay, so then he deserves to be paid more than Judge. Then. Again, I don't know if he's going to get annually more than Judge. He's going to get the overall bigger number because he's five years younger than Judge when he okay. hit free agency. Okay. I mean, that's just the way okay. it goes. I mean, Alex Rodriguez came in and got more money than Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, I mean, and and who was more Yankeeville than Derek? Exactly. Because that's the way I look at Judge. Judge reminds you of Derek. Yeah, that same mantra, that same, you know, Yankee essence. Yeah, and, and I think he wants to win a world I think he wants to win a World Series, and I think he understands that that, that Juan Soto helps him. Okay, okay. Second point, this yeah. in season tournament in the NBA is like, eh, I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm not enamored by it, you know. It's like, okay, I really could give a, a rat's you know what about it. Yeah, I don't. I, mean? I don't care about it at all. And I and I wish I had. A, I wish I had the different take. It seems like most people around here have that take. I, it's just the truth. Like I just don't. I don't 
I, I turn on the like I honestly the other day I turned on the Nick game and I didn't know it was a uh, a tournament game until I saw the court. Like I had no yeah, idea. Exactly. I had no idea it was a exactly. tournament game. I didn't care. I have no idea who they're competing with. I didn't know going into the game they were what their record was in tournament games. I knew nothing about it, nor did I care. I don't care what group they're in. I didn't know uh, how many teams made it to the next round. I didn't know what the tiebreaker was. I didn't care. I didn't invest myself to learn about any of it. And so, and the the winning team, what do they do? They get higher seating at the end of the year. No, what do they get? Five hundred thousand dollars a man. As far as I know, in a trophy and a banner in their uh, building next year, I guess. So you could still be you could could be the in season champion, correct? But still not make the playoffs. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So you get half a million. So so millionaires getting richer. Nice. Yep. Nice. Well, I mean, that's, and still- that's what this whole thing is. I mean, let's, let's be honest. That you could uh, you want to go through anything in 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 this world? That's the that's the story. You want you want the story? You want to break it down? In almost every aspect, I mean, you could to anything. It's millionaires getting richer. That's that's don't that's unfortunately started. that's don't the country. Don't get me started. Don't I mean, get me started, I'm just man. saying, like whatever you want, whatever you do for a living, your industry, it's probably about millionaires getting richer. Like that's just exactly that, that's life, unfortunately. But the pro the point is, is they're trying to bring a little bit more enthusiasm to it mid season. Uh, it's a long NBA season. There's football going on. Less people. They're, they're trying to bring more attention to the game right now. I understand the thought process. I think this is a terrible idea. I just think it's a terrible idea. No one cares about. They've created this tournament that's within games played of the regular season. Like it's. I. I, I don't know. Like I. I I, I guess I'd almost rather just take two weeks off, send everyone to Vegas, and run through games real quick. Like I don't know. Like. I, these grouping and and you're in group A and B and it's decided by point differential and the games are sporadically spread out throughout the schedule. Like I just I, I didn't care. I didn't invest my time at all in finding out about it, learning about it, understanding who I'm competing with. Didn't care at all. Didn't care at all. And and the courts were hideous, uh, and and, po- and difficult to watch the game. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stupot? Uh, what? I, that that tournament is ridiculous. There's no real significant meaning to it. Getting to the Yankees, Soto is a must. And I would like to see Yamamoto, but I, it all depends on what Uncle Stevie does with the money. And it all depends if once of, uh, Yamamoto wants to be a Yankee. Because right. I don't know how long ago was that picture of him wearing the Yankee hat? You know, I don't know, but I I don't think it really matters. He's wearing. Well, it doesn't Yankee. matter. But the thing is, I would like to see Yamamoto and Soto. Yeah, and away we go. That's we it. Can, we will improve the team, and then and it extends then, and it extends the championship window because, like, right, right now they have Cole they and have Judge. Cole and they have the the Judge. current Cy Young winner, the former MVP. Like that's they, as long as you have those two pillars, you have a championship window. I, I, from year to year, team to team, it opens more, it closes more. But there, as long as those two guys are in the prime of their career, you have a championship window. If you yeah, add two twenty-five-year-old studs to back them up and be the new pillars, that extends championship windows. That's what I'm looking for. Like to me, that's what we need. That's what you need. They, they that's need what it. you need. They that, they that, they baby. desperately need it. That may be the opinion of uh, Cashman and Steinbrenner might change because they have to they have to go back to being what they want. Start spending some money. 
They, 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 you see, but that's the misconception. They do spend money. Like, it's not that they don't. They just gave Rondon a whole bunch of money. It just didn't, wasn't good. I mean, like, he, he ended up having a miserable year. Like me, you know, me and Keith, uh, you know, I was listening to him talk about stacking the deck, and they got. To, I'm like, well, I mean, was I Rodon, Rodon wasn't stacking the deck enough, but I mean, the guy was excellent for two years. They put out the best pitcher list at the start of the year. Major League Baseball did, MLB Network did, and he was third on the list as the third best pitcher in all of baseball. Like that's that's what he was thought of. He got a, a miserable year. Injured and had trouble dealing with stuff as far as being a Yankee. Hopefully he gets over that and play, pitches healthy next year. And he could be someone at the top of that rotation. But I agree with you. Like, I want – they spend money. They they Like, their payroll's third. It's not the most. And they do do – they absolutely do bargain shopping at different points for different positions at different places. At shortstop, they have decided to go bargain shopping until they until they got to Volpe. They, they allowed all these, you know – BMWs and and you know, that's even you know Maseratis and Lamborghinis to go really far, Porsches and all these expensive cars pass by until until and you know we're we're going with Honda Preludes until Volpe came through. Like that's they passed on certain guys. They passed on uh, Machado. They passed on Harper. But at the same time, they brought on. Big time contracts too. They went out and got Cole. They just gave Judge three hundred sixty million dollars. They gave Rondon a big time contract for a pitcher. They, you know, they brought on Stanton. They traded for Stanton and brought in his money. It's like they don't spend money. They've they haven't done it wisely. And over the last couple of years, the little filler pieces that worked oh so well from seventeen to twenty have not worked out. In in twenty seventeen, Francisco Cordero hits fifteen twenty home runs and 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 is a nice little fill in and is a great little story. This year it didn't work out that way. That's what Gio Shell and Luke Voigt were, and Cameron Mabin and Mike Talkman and 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 uh, Carpenter and all the other different guys that he's been able to fill the roster with, and ultimately they've failed with that and they failed with it this year, and to the point where all it took was Judge to go down. You need to bolster this team, and you need superstars, and you need to make moves that appease the fan base. Like I'm big on this. I'm I'm tired of fighting with the fans. I'm tired of it. This is a t- it's a toxic situation. And if you weren't going to get rid of Cashman, which is one way to kind of at least dissipate the anger, then you have to go out there and make moves and bring in big time players here. And right now they're linked to both Yamamoto and Soto. And if you, depending on the report, they're clearly no matter what you think, no matter what report you read, if if Soto gets traded, they are clearly the front runner. To get Soto. I mean, I don't even know if they've really had any. There's really been no reports or discussions on anybody else. It's pretty much just the Yankees. Now, that could change real quickly. I'm not telling you that it's in the bag. But right now, they are clear-cut the favorites to get Juan Soto. And it sounds like, on different reports, that they are the favorite to get Yamamoto. So if they do both those things, that's that changes the way the entire fan base feels about the team. There's no doubt about it. If they get Yamamoto and Soto, this whole thing feels differently. Everybody's excited for spring training. Everybody, we 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 still hate Cashman, but we put it on the back burner. We still hate Hal, but we put it on the back burner. We give them the benefit of the doubt. They put their money where their mouth was. They went out and did and accomplished the offseason. We all knew they had to go have, and we, we wait for them to fail on their face and then call them bums, but we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt for a short time period. Like they and there will just be an ex, it'll just be excitement. 
Like, we need that. The fan base needs that. The team needs that. And hopefully Steinbrenner recognizes that. Plus, you know, they need that to be better. They need that to go out and win, which is ultimately what this is all about. They could go out and, and they could not get Soto. They could not get Yamamoto. They could not get Bellinger. They could go out there and make minor moves. If it led them to the World Series, no one would care. It's about winning. But the best way to win is to get great players. Plain and simple. And they have an opportunity to go get two great players at 25 years old. That's the, the age is what, without question, is the biggest factor to me to get these two young kids. Like, how often does a top five, and that's what he's projected to be. Again, he's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball, so the ball's a little bit smaller. Things are always different. Who knows? But, I mean, he's, he's projected to be one of the handful of best pitchers in the sport, and we know what Juan Soto is. For guys to be available at 25 and that good are extremely rare. So you have to go out. If you have the opportunity off of this season to go out and do it, you have to go do it. Let's go, Al. Let's get it done. I can't wait to what wakes me up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and I can go back to sleep tomorrow. Because that's what happened. Damn you, Andy Martino, which, by the way, I wonder, I don't know if Craig is listening. I hope, I hope he's not. I love you, Craig. And Evan, too. But we have to be fair. We just have to be fair. We've crushed the Carton and Roberts show crushed Andy Martino, left and right. And I think fairly so a lot of the time. His comment about um, winning the World Series is not a, a motivation a, a baseball team should have was a ridiculous statement. But you have to be fair. The guy's kind of been on it for a while now. Like let's just, He just has been. He's kind of been I, – I, 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 I didn't think so. But he's done a good job. We have to be fair. And his tweet today kept me up. He got me excited. I shouldn't do this to myself. I should go back to sleep. It's costing me now at 327 in the morning. I'm having cramps that I can't explain. I'm not sure if I'm in kidney failure. Because my my left side is pulsating. I don't know what's going on. It's probably because I didn't sleep because of Andy Martino. So thanks a lot, Andy. Appreciate it. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I can see like a movie scene driving in a car right now, just panning. All right, three thirty-four. Enough of this weird. Uh, it's, I don't even know what I would call this. Is this like there's like a there's a kind of techno? I know my buddy's into it. There's like a kind of techno where it's like laid back, low key techno. I can't think of the name of it. He's gonna. There's like a. a a, uh, a type of house music or techno music where it's like laid back like that. I forget the name of it. doesn't matter. Speaking about music, did you see this one? I mean, I don't know if you like Hall & Oates at all. I happen to like Hall & Oates. Um, I just watched that Jennifer Lawrence movie. 
the the comedy with Jennifer Lawrence. I forget the name of it, but she's like um, a young, no, not even young. She's in her thirties, but she's a struggling woman trying to save her house. She's you know she's in it with the IRS or whatever, and uh, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. And she takes a job. Uh, the, this Matthew Broderick is the father, and he he hires her to like date his son and help his son come out of his shell before his son. Yeah, date. Yeah, exactly. Date his son before he heads to college because he's kind of an introvert, and so he's looking to help his son out before and and you know help help his son out before he goes away to college. Anyway, he's like a little bit of a musician. And part of coming out of his shell is to perform in front of people, and he does Hall and Oates Man Eater, an actually really good acoustic piano version of Man Eater that I've actually, you know, I'm a weird guy. I've listened to in the car on YouTube, listening to it. Again. It's like a really good version. I like it a lot. But apparently, they hate each other. Daryl Hall is accusing John Oates of intentionally going behind his back to sell his half of their partnership to a third party that Daryl doesn't trust. This is like the Beatles. They want King to run it, and Paul's like, no, why don't we go with my father-in-law? And they're like, no, I don't want your father-in-law. Doesn't matter. You don't know that. Anyway, like I think, yeah, Daryl is getting a restraining order. Like, what's, what? Hall and Oates can't even stay friends What's going on with the world today? I mean, jeez. You can't even trust the relationship of two rock guys who have been probably performing forever together. I mean, come on. Restraining orders? Your name's literally, like, no one knows who you are without, like, if anyone says Oates, you have no idea. But you go Hall, everyone's like, oh, I know Hall and Oates. But... The dream is over. Very sad. Whoa, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. 337 McMonagle here with you. 877-337-6666. Yeah, Hall and Oates. Very, very, very sad. Restraining orders. Unbelievable. That has not been the major topic of the show. The major topic of the show is finally some baseball news. The Mets signed Luis Severino, former Yankee ace, to a one-year $13 million contract. They also brought in Joey Wendell, who was a former Tampa Bay Ray and is still one of the last bastions of uh, not wearing batting gloves. You got to love that about Joey Wendell. He plays third base. He's a utility guy. $2 million. It's a nice little move. But again, when you pair it with Luis Severino, and those are the first moves the Mets make, it's always the, it's like Hal Steinbrenner, right? When Hal Steinbrenner, the, the fan base is dying for change. And, they, and it's all this. They're going to audit the team. They're going to make all this change inside the organization. Change is coming, blah, blah, blah. What's the, the first bit of change he gives you is, one, they're going to add snapping rooms and and better dining areas in the clubhouse for the players. And two, they're going to bunt more. Like, that can't be the first bit you hear. Right? Like, honestly, for a Yankee fan, if it was like the 10th bit of change, hey, we're going to work on this, we're going to cut down on our exit, uh, our, our launch angle thing, and we're going to change this the way we hit, and blah, 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 and maybe work on bunting more. Like, yeah, fine, okay, yeah, you work on bunting more. I think that's good, especially in today's day and age of 
you know, the extra innings and the and, and the runner starting at second, it makes sense. We should bunt more. The Yankees are terrible at bunting. I'm on board. But when you when you're dying for anything, when you're you're in the desert looking for a glass of water and they hand you, we're gonna bunt more, it seems like ridiculous. Same I think some of the Met fans are having trouble coming to the terms with the idea that this is the first move. All this talk about Soto and Yamamoto both being linked to the Yankees and the Mets are out there signing Yankee castoffs and Joey Wendell. But this is how you build the roster. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Severino makes a lot of sense for this team. It's a perfect fit. $13 million. If he's not good, you get rid of him. And I think he's going to be good. I really do. I think if you look at his stuff, if you look at how hard he was still throwing, the movement on his breaking balls, like he hung a couple sliders in bad spots, and he got extremely unlucky, and I think he was tipping pitches, but I think this is a good spot for Severino. I do. Now they have to go out there, and we were talking about before about Otani, like they have to bolster this rotation. The idea they were going to take a step back and focus on next year, there are some reports that the uh, the Mets are not uh, don't have it in them, which I never thought they did. There's some reports that the Mets don't have it in them to wait. And I'm not sure, I don't know how Stearns feels necessarily, but I'd be surprised if this owner does have the nerve to wait around and not spend money and not try and put the best team plausible and the best team possible out there. Like that's just that's how it's done. You don't come here as an as the richest owner in baseball and and sit idly by and wait for the right opportunities. You go out there and do it every single every single week, every single year, excuse me. So, I mean, I don't I never thought that they would sit this out or not invest in the team, and I'm sure they still will. This is just the beginning pieces. And I think they're going to be the highest bidder on Yamamoto. I don't think there's any doubt that they are going to be the team that offers Yamamoto the most amount of money. The question is, does he want to be somewhere else, and will he take slightly less? That's the only question. But it was nice to finally get some some baseball news. And the Yankees and Juan Soto are exchanging names. That's how far along the line. That's like the, what would you say, the fourth third or fourth conversation of of gauging interest. Like you make one call, it's just like, hey, what do you think? You're gonna move him? I don't know. I listen. I know you I know you got that loan. Things are public. I know. And then you make a second phone call. It's like, hey, just you know, checking back in. I think it makes a lot of sense. We all know you're gonna do it. John Heyman told me. John Heyman told me you had Ken Rosenthal too. So this is like the third or fourth conversation where you start exchanging names. It's going to happen. He's going to get moved. Hopefully it's to the New York Yankees, which seems to be the only team that they're having any sort of connection to at all. The question is, to me, there's one name and that is without question the toughest name to move. Obviously, Volpe would be the toughest. I don't think you're, you're looking at Volpe. I really don't. I think you're looking at, without question, one of the King um, or uh, one of the guys in the rotation, whether it be King, who really took, uh, who really hit the scene last, the second half of last year and was unbelievable when they made the transition to him as starter. I mean, he was better than Cole down the stretch of the season. That's how good he was. And uh, so, I mean, I think he's definitely on the table to to be traded, as well as Clark Schmidt, a young prospect. 
who came up last year, was good for a long stretch. I mean, he had a 12-13 game stretch without a loss. I mean, he was he had, he had a nice little season. I don't think he's as dynamic as you saw King could be, but he was pretty steady, and he's under years of control. So you would think one of those two, plus your top overall prospect, plus some other pitching prospects, because that's what it looks like uh, they need to replace all the innings they're losing in free agency. But that's what seems to be the logical package to me. But the question is, if it's put rubber meets the road, they want Dominguez, do you do it? Dominguez, who had been with the organization, they gave him, I'm not sure it still is, but at the time, the biggest international signing bonus in baseball history. I think it's been surpassed. But that was the biggest at the time. He's been nicknamed the Martian. We've been waiting for him forever. He has this incredible spring training. He kills the ball. They still send him down. He struggles at times throughout the season. He gets hot towards the end of the year. They call him up when, listen, you're looking at, we all know why they called him up, to create some buzz, to create some reason to watch that team as they were completely had already fallen out of it and were done. And he comes up and immediately starts to hit. First pitch he swings at is a Verlander opposite field home run in Houston. I mean, this is a kid who has a world of talent, a switch-hitting center fielder who can cover a ton of ground, is extremely fast, and is someone who would is perfect for this team. And you hate to see your own guys go, especially for a rental in Juan Soto. But so my initial thought is, nah, it seems like a lot for a rental. I don't care if it's Juan Soto. I'm going to give you Dominguez, who I plan on being my center fielder for the next 10 years. I don't know if I could do that, or at least the next six before he hits free agency. I don't know about that, but at the same time, if they call, like that's the, and you know how Cashman is. Cashman has his mind set up. I I have no doubt one way or the other. I think Cashman already knows if he's willing or not to give up Dominguez. And if he's not, he won't. I think Cashman's proven that. I don't think all the yelling I can do about the fan base, all the, all the, the talk I can give you and other Yankee fans can give you and other pundits can give you about where this team is and how much the, the franchise is in a, a position where they need to make moves. It's important following this 82-80 and 80 season and what they've done every other time that they have been in this position, whether it be 08 or 13 or whatever. Like They always followed up with spending money. This is the time you have to go out and do it. The fan base is ra- you know, rabid. The f- fan base is furious. You have to go out and do it. But Cash, if he's made up his mind about value, he's proven. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care how hostile the fan base is. He'll just yell back at you. We've proven that now. He'll tell you what's what. And he won't make a move unless he thinks there's value in it. So I think he has to know right now whether guys like Volpe, who I I think really is a no-go, but maybe, and Dominguez, who I think is absolutely on the table for this, are those guys you're willing to trade for a guy in Juan Soto who is going to hit free agency? Like, it's it's, it's very, very unlikely that you would be able to convince him to sign an extension, no matter how much money you're willing to throw at him, whether it be $500 million or not, I'm sure... Especially if he thinks he can have a monster year. Guys like to bet on themselves. If he thinks he's coming to Yankee Stadium and he could build on last year and his career numbers and, you know, hit the most home. He had 35 home runs last year, the most of his career. That's in San Diego, which isn't at the same kind of pitcher's park it used to be. But he comes to Yankee Stadium in that short porch. That's 40 home runs easy. 
That's another five, six home runs easy. Probably more than that. So if he thinks he can have a monster year and hit free agency, again, at 26 years old, four years younger than Judge hit it last year, he's not going to be willing to take any sort of, you know, he's he's going to want to see what free agency he's got. He's come this far. He's going to want to see what free agency has to bring. And if you lose him because, I don't know, Steve Cohen missed out on Yamamoto or Steve Cohen missed out on Otani and the Mets have a losing season this year or a subpar season this year and it's because of the offense and they could desperately use Juan Soto and he just decides, I don't care what the money is. I'm giving him $600 million. I need Juan Soto and you lose him and you just gave up you gave up uh, Jason Dominguez for one year of Juan Soto. That's a tough That's a tough trade. That's a tough trade. But at the same time, I want him so bad. They need him. They need him desperately. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. We'll get into some football, maybe go around the league a little bit on this Thursday morning as we are going to start, what is it, week 13 now in the league where they play for pay? We've got Seahawks-Cowboys in Dallas tonight on Prime Video. The Cowboys are, you see now ESPN, when I'm on, says nine and a half, but what I saw was eight and a half point favorites. Nine and a half. Now you're getting into Seattle zone. Now you're starting to get into, I don't know. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Let me take you a little bit into the show here. I have my uh, producer, Mike Fliegelman, on the other side, who waited until 3.50 in the morning to tell me he heard that the new Apple Plus documentary series on the murder of John Lennon's trailer was released. 3.50. I've, I've been, I've been in this, his presence for three hours and 50 minutes, and that's how long it took for him to tell me that the trailer for the new John Lennon docuseries on his murder was released. 3.50. Well, to, to defend myself, you asked me at like 3.30, anything fun <laughs> happened today. I had to ask, what's that mean? What's fun? Yeah. And then it took me about 10 minutes to have yeah. that pop into my brain. Right. But you had just moved on from talking about Hall and & Oates and on to sports again. So I'm like, well, I can't interrupt him now. i got to oh, wait for a break. You always interrupt me with that kind of news. So I just watched it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And and it's it's voiced by my guy, which is it's worlds colliding. It's so weird. The last couple of Beatles, you know, this is Beatle related, obviously with John Lennon, although it's about his murder when he was no longer a Beatle, but still. The last couple of like Beatle things, it's like been this weird uh, colliding of worlds. Where I'm a huge I'm a huge Lord of the Rings guy. Love Lord of the Rings. Love the books. I've read the books a bunch of times. My father got me into it. He used to read the books to me at night, and we would. I remember in the summer we would walk to my grandfather's house because he had a pool, and we lived close by. And he would we, he would read while we walked. Uh, if you can do imagine that. Anyway, um, so I've always been into the Lord of the Rings way before the movies came out. But then obviously I'm into the movies, and obviously love the Beatles, and the most recent documentary that was released a couple years ago, two years ago now on Thanksgiving Eve on Thanksgiving 2021. 
was like directed by Peter Jackson, the director of Lord of the Rings. And now this new docuseries on the murder of John Lennon is going to be narrated by one of the great actors of our generation and the actor who plays the greatest character in TV history, Jack Bauer, Kiefer Sutherland. And yes, that's that's right. Jack Bauer is the greatest TV character in TV history. I don't care what you say. He is. I mean, he's right up, it's, he's right up there with Tony Soprano for me. Jack Bauer is the man. You guys don't know. You don't know. So Kiefer Sutherland narrating this documentary. He's not in the, the um, he's not in the uh, trailer here, but it's going to be interesting. There's not a lot. Like I don't know much other than uh, about the about John Lennon's assassination. Unfortunately, about obviously we all know it's announced on Monday Night Football. We know it's outside the Dakota, his apartment building. We know that earlier in the night he took a picture with Mark David Chapman, and then when he was coming home, he went for a recording session on his way out. Mark David Chapman was outside of his house. He actually got a picture with John, and then when John comes back, he um, you know he shoots him. But there's I don't know a lot of interest. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot lot to it. And as morbid as it may be, I'm somewhat fascinated by it. And you know. Unfortunately, it, it ruined the idea of the Beatles ever getting back together, which would have been great. They'd probably be fighting right now like Hole and Oats, let's be honest. They'd be at each other's throats like Hole and Oats. There you go. There's a. You're not the only one with bars, Keith. At each other's throats like Hole and Oats. There you go. No one likes it. I can't even get it. They're in their own world back there, I swear. They're in there yakking it up. They don't even know what's going on. Teddy in Babylon. What's up, Teddy? Hey. Good morning. Good, buddy. How are you? I just want to say that I feel like I'm an objective uh, Yankees fan. Sure. Because I'm angry with Brian Cashman, but it doesn't mean you can't be upset with him. With, like, sure. The, the stuff, like the moves he's been making, you know? Absolutely. I just, I just feel like his moves have been head-scratching to where, like, pedestrians could be like, really? That's what you do? Donaldson, that much money? Yeah. Like, you're still, you're still keeping Hicks in the lineup, really? It's like, moves like that. Yeah, so well, like- listen, here, here's, the, here's the thing. I mean, and uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend him a little bit, but this is just because you're trying to say, I'm trying to just play devil's advocate. I disagreed with all of the things you just said. I, well, I agree with you, I mean. I disagree with Cashman making those moves. But what I will say is Josh Donaldson was so far worse with the Yankees than he was the year prior with Minnesota, I, I think everyone knew he wasn't the MVP player, but he was like yeah. he, had, he had like an eight thirty, eight forty OPS. I mean, to be to to put that in words, we're all glowing about what Glaber Torres is, had, what kind of season Glaber Torres had. His OPS wasn't near eight forty, so like he but, he still had. Now, is it worth twenty five million dollars? No, that made absolutely no sense. They did it in part because they wanted IKF to be the stopgap shortstop until they were ready to go to one of the prospects, whether it be Perazzo or Volpe. It 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 yeah. didn't it was a terrible move. It didn't make any sense. I still don't I, I don't think anyone like you said, pedestrians, I certainly and I I did not think that Josh Donaldson would be as bad as he was. I didn't like it because the money made no sense. And I and it gave Minnesota an opportunity to sign Correa to a one year deal, which I thought would have been perfect for the Yankees. So like that that whole thing pissed me off. But I never in my wildest dreams thought that that uh, that Josh Donaldson would be completely useless. I, I did not see that coming. The second year, like, 
The second year, they shouldn't have given him the opportunity. But the first year, I still thought they were going to get a decent sixth hitter. Like, I, I did. I thought they still had a guy who was going to be productive, but yeah, he obviously wasn't. My counter is a lot of people say that, and sports media say that, he spends the money. Yeah. But, like, his money spending is on the moves that, like, I'm trying to talk about. Like, yeah. It's, well, I mean, like what? Yeah, like Don- yeah, Donaldson, some money. Who else? Stanton? Donaldson, yeah, Stanton. I mean, we gave Judge a boatload, but right. we could have paid cheaper for him if we would have gave him a little more. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I have no problem with that either. They gave, they offered Judge a fair contract. If what if, uh, what if what if Judge ran into the wall last year and they gave him $300 yeah, million dollars and yeah, missed the true. entire season, we'd be like, this guy never stays healthy and you gave him $300 million? <laughs> like... Yeah. I, I don't think they bumped the, the they, they 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 and thank you for the call. They offered Judge a fair contract for what he had provided so far and the ability to stay healthy, and then he earned the big contract. That's how it works. And quite honestly, not that it won them a world championship, so no one cares. Ultimately, who knows if 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 putting that chip on his shoulder didn't lead to sixty two home runs? I don't know. I have no problem with how I have no problem with how the Yankees handled it, except it was it was a little bit. It was transparent why you gave the numbers of the contract out later. You're trying to save face, which in some areas it did. I remember this one guy at um at the the summer the summer the uh, welcome to summer party we had down at the Jersey Shore with the Carter Roberts show, and he just kept it was during the season uh, of you know Judge was having the monster year, and he's like I don't care. He should have taken the money. I don't know why that was, who would turn down that kind of money. I God imagine if anyone offered you two hundred sixty million dollars and you said no, blah blah. So like in some circles it actually did work, but that was a that was a classless kind of tact to kind of release the money knowing you're doing it just to save face. Like hey, we made a fair offer. I agree, he did make a fair offer, but he didn't have to do that. But besides that, I have no problem how the Yankees handled the judge contract. He went out and had a great season and he earned more money. He could have easily run into the wall and had, you know, an, an injury plague season and everybody would be like, whew, thank God they didn't give him $300 million. That's how it works. But, yeah, no, listen, they've spent money in the wrong places. No way. No, no. That's why, like, how the – when you have the third highest payroll, it's hard to scream they don't spend enough money, but they could spend more. And if you look at the way – the revenue has gone up over the course of the years, and then the way the money they invest back into the payroll, it hasn't. It's it. The gap is getting wider. The amount of money they make and the amount of money they put into the team, that gap is getting wider on a year by year basis. So they could always put in more, and there's no reason they can't pay Soto. They can't pay Yamamoto. They absolutely can. No one. There's no reason to tell you different. They absolutely can pay all of them. Certain guys are gonna they have to go young everywhere else. I'll, I'll give you that. They'll have to go young at catcher with Wells. They have to go young at second base. I would probably trade Glaber and and go young with Peraza or someone at second base. You go young when when um hopefully he's not involved in the trade for Soto, but Dominguez comes back, he's your center fielder. You go young in different places. And then by the time, you know, some of these contracts come off the books, you know, that's that's how it works. Then you then by the time you need to pay them. These other contracts come off the books. That's how you try and work it. But there's no reason they can't have a higher payroll, spend more money, and do everything you want them to do. But it's also hard to scream at Hal and say he never spends money. He's nothing like his father. He has more obligations than his father. It's a different world. He's also putting the money in the pocket of teams that win and then try to trade Randy or Rosarina. And don't even try and freaking field the team. Pisses me off. 